Let the church say amen. Oh, come on, let the church say amen in this house of the Lord. The Lord has made a way. That's a testimony where you are $40,000 light in your tuition bill. The Lord has truly made a way. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. I don't know about you, but every now and then it's okay to get excited about Jesus and what he has done and how he has carried us and blessed us and navigated us. How our children are still here instead of dead sleeping in their graves. Because see, there are some fourth graders that will never see a high school graduation. There are some Oxford students here in Oakland County, Michigan, that will not see a graduation. But God has spared the lives of our children. And today, we are here to celebrate 71 students from the class of 22 at Andrews Academy. You know, I'm excited and encouraged and thankful to be here. I was excited when they started off with the praise team, when Grace and Solti and Jeremy and Samantha and Elena and Caleb and Ben and Rich, Claire and Lucas. I mean, you're hearing gospel music and then you have a strings being played. Where else but in the house of God can we come together and celebrate the diversity, but yet the unity of Christ our Lord? I'm excited to be here because I've seen the spirituality firsthand of what's taking place at Andrews Academy. Megan is a third generation Andrews Academy graduate, and I want you to know the spirituality at this academy is better than I've ever heard or seen before, and for that we owe our principal, stand up, Pastor Mario Ferguson, a round of applause. But a principal is only great as his team. And will all the faculty and staff, faculty and staff of Andrews Academy, stand up and be recognized. This is your time. And last but not least, we are parents who have prayed for our children, sacrificed for our children. And now we are here to witness this great achievement because Christian education doesn't only cost, but it pays every step of the way. Will the parents stand up and be recognized by the class of 2022? There's a word from the Lord today, and I would like to thank Pastor Mario Ferguson for the opportunity to be here. I would like to thank Dr. Dwight Nelson, who's provided 40 years of stellar ministry in this house. And for that, let's give him a hand clap of praise. 
Pastor Lindsey Pratt, who's an outstanding and dynamic youth pastor and is second fiddle to no one. Let's give Pastor Lindsey Pratt, a woman of God, her praise. And it's bittersweet, but Dr. Andrea Luxton knew if she had to go, she wanted to go out with this great academy class of 2022. So to Dr. Luxton, we thank you for your service. I'd like to thank the president of this distinguished class, Lucas Navia, and the vice president, Megan Woods, the officers, and this great class of 2022. You are stellar and righteous in your own right, and the love that you have is phenomenal. And what you heard last night about knowing God and the response that you heard from your preacher in his own right, the chaplain pastor, about poor showing love on everyone, no matter what, is the right message to have. Let's recognize and stand up this distinguished class of 2022. Here's a word from the Lord today. Turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus, Exodus, the 17th chapter, the Exodus, Exodus, the 17th chapter, verses 10 to 13. Exodus, Exodus, the 17th chapter, 17th chapter, verses 10 to 13. If you have the Word of God, we're going to do something a little different, but we're going to ask you to stand, whether with your tablets or whether it's your Bibles, just stand as we read the Word of God today. Can you stand with me as we honor the Word of God today? And I'm reading in your hearing from the New International Version. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites with the sword. The title of our message today is, Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Please bow with me as we pray. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say, my storage is empty and I am available to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In the worthy and blessed name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Oh, come on, Pioneer. We can do better than that. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. And adhere, can't hear you, to receive and adhere to the word of the Lord. Amen. 
Now, you know, it's interesting. As a product of Christian education at this institution, from my fifth-year-old, fifth-grade teacher, I'm sorry, five-year-old teacher, Beverly Soper, to graduating from Andrews Academy in 1989, we were taught that if we wanted to be recognized, if we wanted to ask a question, if we had the answer to the question, we were to raise our hands. We were taught that if you wanted to vote, you know, when you want to say all those in favor say aye, we're taught to raise our hands and all those who oppose save aye, raise your hands. I remember at intramurals with Leo Santos at Ruth Murdoch Elementary School and then with Doug Newberry, Lydia Chung, and John Reichert at Andrews Academy. There was nothing like seeing the hands go up signaling a touchdown when you cross the goal line. We knew when they raised their hands, it was a touchdown. But it's nothing like watching the Andrews Academy Cardinals. Have you ever seen the junior Cardinals play? Whether it's Lizzie or whether it's Caleb, and they make that three-pointer. When they check the referee, sees that behind the line, they raise their hand, and then when it swishes through the net, they raise their other hand, and hands are being raised. But the Bible tells us that the raising of hands is a form of worship. And when we raise our hands, we're raising our hands in prayer or we're raising our hands in praise. But the raising of hands is a posture. It's an attitude. It's an approach of how we come to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I don't know about you, but some of you have been praying for your children. And some of you have had outstretched hands wondering whether or not your children are going to make it through. Some of you have been praying to ace the exams, the legendary exams of Richard Wright and Dr. Child. Some of you have been concerned about whether or not you were going to get through an Atkins class or a Vandenberg class or even a religion class from Ferguson. But that every time you got into a posture of prayer, you entered a form of worship where you humbled yourself before God and made your petitions known to him so that he could answer your prayer according to his riches and glory. You see, the posture of prayer is acknowledging that there is someone greater than you and someone greater than I that can hear and answer your prayers. You see, graduation is not a time to stop praying. Graduation is a time to increase your prayers. You see, you made it so far by faith, leaning on the Lord, but it was because of your prayers. So do not sacrifice the prayers that have gotten you where you are, whether you're 17 or 18, and think graduation is now a time to stop praying. If anything, it's a time to pray even more. Your tuition is going up. Your challenges are going up. Your exams will be higher. Your, 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 the bullying is going to get worse. The rejection is going to take place because the Bible says if you live godly lives, you will be persecuted. 
And here, 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 we see in the text that the Amalekites attacked the children of Israel. Now, you know what's so interesting? When you talk about the children of Israel, we know about the 12 tribes of Jacob, but we realize in Exodus 12, 37 and 38, that there were other people who came out of Egypt with the Israelites. Oh, let me say it again. In Exodus 12, 37, 38, in other words, it just wasn't all Seventh-day Adventists that came out of Egypt. And the only thing, this is, the thing you have to understand is what they, the only thing they had in common was their belief in the power of God. And folk, if you don't believe in the power of God, you are not fit to live. And here they saw the devastation and the power of God versus the little gods of Egypt, and they knew they were worshiping the wrong God, and they escaped with the Hebrews, the children of Israel, not because they were Egyptians, but because they feared God. That should tell you something. The only demographic that matters in heaven And let me say it so clearly to you, distinguished graduates. The only demographic that matters in heaven is whether you're saved or unsaved. Whether you believe or don't believe. Heaven doesn't care about your skin color. Heaven doesn't care about your texture of hair. Heaven doesn't care about your interracial heritage. All heaven cares about is one demographic, saved or unsaved. And I want you to know that I am so proud of this class and how you have rallied and supported one another. Because see, what Moses was doing on top of the hill, he was interceding while Joshua and and the men were fighting. And you have to understand, folks, you, class of 2022, you understood the concept that while we're praying, we still got to work. Let me say it again. You understood the concept that prayer alone doesn't work. Our prayers have to be enjoyed by our works. You've heard the phrase, faith without works is dead. Works without faith is also dead. You need them both together in order to accomplish some things. And you have accomplished great things. I witnessed how you guys rallied behind your classmates in the loss of a loved one. I've seen how you supported one another and how Pastor Jacob was telling people that you have to love on everyone no matter what. How Sister Dockerty told you last night, you got to know God, but knowing is not enough if you can't apply him. Surely you can recite the scriptures and surely you might know the 28 fundamental beliefs, but if you don't have a relationship with God, that you can practice when no one is looking, your religion is in vain. And I'm here to tell you that I'm so proud of you because you understood the concept that yes, mommy and daddy, we're praying, but yes, mommy and daddy, we need to do something about it. And here, 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 we see that Moses' hands were getting tired. They were getting tired and they were getting weary. And they said when his hands went down, they were losing the battle. But when his hands got back up, 
they were winning the battle. This was going on all day long until sunset. But you got to thank God that Moses had some friends. You see, Moses' friends brought him a stone that he could sit on. And Moses' friend, one held the left hand and one held the right hand. And they kept the rod steady because the power was in God, not through Moses. And see, some of you have to understand that all power belongs to God. The power is not in your intellect. The power is not in your talent. The power is in your relationship with God. And that is something you can't afford to sacrifice because of graduation. If anything, you've got to elevate it. And here, 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 this class, under the direction and support of Pastor Lindsey Bratt, by your right Reverend Doctor Minister, we say in love, Bryce, you started a church. You guys started a church right around here, and I was able to go to your first church service. And you were so inclusive of your classmates and your school that you wanted to make a place that was safe for worship, where you could hear the voice of God, where you could worship the voice of God, where you could have music to uplift God in praise, and you did that. You prayed about it, then you did something about it. And I just want you to know that folks, sometimes we've got to pray. And the Bible says that some things not only come by prayer, but prayer and fasting. And I just want you to know, don't stop what you finish. Expand it and make it better. Don't make it because I, my friends aren't here or my class ain't here. You can make a difference. I don't care what school you're going to or what career you may embark upon. Your relationship with Christ and the foundation and the roots that you have soiled, that you have toiled and put in the soil will make a difference when God comes through these clouds of glory because wouldn't it be a magnificent goal that in the class of 2022, everybody was saved and not one person was lost. And here, 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 we see the interceding. We see what's happening. And these Amalekites have a defiance against God. Now, you see, you see, you see, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, we're going to get to Deuteronomy 25, 17 to 18. Remember what the Amalekites did you, to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. Now, folk, it's a dangerous proposition when men, women, boys, and girls have no fear of God. They said they came and got the stragglers, and they came and got the weak-minded, and some people have misapplied the text and tried to relate it to the Holocaust, suggesting that God punished the Amalekites because he was attacking them because of their attack on Jewish people. But that's not what the text says. 
The text says, remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt, when you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all were leggy behind, but the reason was not because they were anti-Semitic. The reason was they had no fear of God. And folk, you got to be very careful when you study to show ourselves approved. You've got to know the Bible for yourself. The Bible is not a left-wing version, and the Bible is not a right-wing version. The Bible is the unadulterated ray of God, word of God. And if you can't apply it and know it for yourself, you are at risk of being lost despite all the accomplishments and the accolades that have been given to you this weekend. You've got to know the word for God for yourself. You've got to keep studying and keep praying and persevering in the word of God. I don't care what happens to you. You cannot give up the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E, we learned that in Crater Row. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. In Patriarchs and Prophets, page 300, it says the Amalekites were not ignorant of God's character or of his sovereignty, but instead of fearing before him, they had set themselves to defy his power. The wonders wrought by Moses before the Egyptians were made a subject of mockery by the people of the Amalek, and the fears of surrounding nations were ridiculed. They had taken out out, uh, they have taken oath by their gods that they would destroy the Hebrews so that no one should escape. And they boasted that Israel's God would be powerless to resist them. My brothers and my sisters, if we cannot stand as godly people now in calling out persecution, what's going to happen when persecution comes to our faith? Folk, we cannot be satisfied at what happened in Buffalo. We cannot be satisfied at what happened in Lagana Hills in California. We cannot be satisfied at what happened in Uvalde, Texas. We cannot be satisfied on Wednesday, which was the second year anniversary of George Floyd. We cannot be satisfied. There has to be a voice that is speaking truth to power. The gospel has to become a practice and not something that just rolls off our lips inciting scripture. God is calling us, converting us, changing us to let the whole world know because of this class of 22 who is world changers. That is, that's my brother. And when he bleeds, I bleed. That's my sister. And when she bleeds, I bleed. And if they can suffocate the life of kids because no one wants to do with deal with military grade uh, weapons given to kids and adults on the street and they're committing mass shooting and and nobody wants to holler until it comes to their backyard. There's something wrong with this picture. I'm not talking, you can talk about gun control and all that you want, but Australia doesn't have this problem. Britain doesn't have this problem. 
Canada doesn't have this problem. And what happens is, if you look at Philippians 2, 3, and 4, we find the blueprint why they don't have this problem. And the Bible says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you looking to the interests of the others. In other words, what if you saw those young people you validate as your kids? You would act a little bit differently. What if the people that died in Buffalo was your aunt or your mom or your grandmother? You would react a little differently. But maybe when you were here, if you remember this class, along with students from Berrien Springs High School, had a March as a result of George Floyd's death. This class took a stand and said we want to be a part of it and ensure that nothing like this takes place anymore. This class said we're going to speak truth to power and call sin by its right name. This class asked the adults to join them instead of the adults telling them to join us. They said you need to join. You need to speak up. You need to stand up and be accounted for. Where do you stand in the light of God when these atrocities are taking place against men and women created in the image and likeness of God. You see, you see, the founder of Andrews University had a tremendous quote, even though it was given in 1864, about our Laodicean state. And let me tell you what he says. He says, the sin of slavery is snugly stowed away in a certain package which is labeled politics. They deny the right of their fellow men to condemn any of the favorite sins which they place in this bundle. And they evidently expect that any parcel bearing this label will pass the judgment of that great day without being examined. Should the all-seeing judge, however, inquire into their connection with this great iniquity, they suppose the following answer will be entirely satisfactory to him. I am not all the censorable for anything said or done by me and on behalf of slavery, for, O Lord, thou knowest it was a part of my politics." We have given up humanity and the rights of humanity and are willing to accept the atrocities of humanity because we want to label it as politics and not deal with it. But this class of 2022 made such a difference. I had no reason, no excuse not to come down and march with them and be a part of their leadership and taking a stand of what's taking place in this country. And folk, if the children are going to lead us, then by all means, let's give them the, the God-given support and resources that God has blessed us with because I see something in this class. I see the move of God in this class where they're not afraid of what people think. They're not afraid to sing the praises of God. They're not afraid to gather together in prayer. They're not even afraid to start their 
own church. They're not afraid to do community service and outreach. They want to be the hands and feet of God, and they don't care what you think about them or their sins. They have caused all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are righteous. No, not one. And these students, your children, have made a collective stance that they're willing to stand for the right though the heavens fall so that they can love on everyone no matter what. Man, if that's not Christianity, I don't know what is. The manifestation of the love of Christ wherever they go is a testimony. Did you see the vacation Bible school that they did in Soul Safari? Did you see the worship services they have when they go on their class trips? Do you see how they come together in prayer and every group is represented when they're together at their schools? This is not some showcase or entertainment. This is a way of life where they are trying to build a relationship with God and asking the church of the living God in the midst of these atrocities that they identify with that no more should we just pray. But while we're praying and supporting Moses, we're going to be like Joshua and engage in the battlefield. We're not going to sit up here and just pray and not do anything. But neither are we going to get hot-headed and not have prayer and not move by the will of God. We're going to move because you have been stagnant far too long and your stagnation has caused lives to be lost. This class says we're not satisfied with that record. And we want to do something about it. Well, if we're going to lift our hands in prayer, there's three things I want to leave you with. You need to lift your hands in prayer, lift your hands up, lift your hands in prayer, lift your hands in practice, and lift your hands in praise. My brothers and my sisters, we talked about lifting your hands in prayer and the posture of prayer. One thing I learned, that excuses are tools of the incompetent, which build monuments of nothingness. Those who use them master them and seldom accomplish anything at all. The Bible says in Isaiah 117 that you can learn to do right. Seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the cause of the widow. James 1.5 says if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. My brothers and my sisters, this class, don't stop praying. Don't make an excuse not to pray. When you lift your hands up, make sure your priority as soon as you wake up is that you give God a prayer of thanks for extending your life. You give God a prayer for whatever trial and tribulation you're praying about. You give God a prayer for the victories you have seen or the progress that you have seen. Because people, when you pray, God brings some things to 
to remembrances and he talks to you and communicates with you and reminds you that the same God that did it then is the same God that can do it today. The same God that helped you in algebra two is the same God that's going to help you in your college math and calculus. The same God that helped you in sophomore writing is the same God that's going to help you in college writing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You've got to get excited and keep that prayer life going. It's the vibrancy of your life. It's something so important that you can't risk going home without it. It's better than American Express. It's better than anything you can imagine. But keep your hands lifted in prayer because victory is wrought and wrestled through prayer because the weapons are in our warfare fair are not carnal in nature. We're, we're, we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places and the devil wants to snuff you out. But you, 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 you know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <clears throat> it's imperative that when you lift your hands up, the first step is that you always lift them up in prayer. Second, lift your hands and practice. Exodus 17, 12, it says, when Moses grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. They sat in Aaron, and he sat on the Aaron, and her held his hands up on one side, one on the other, so that he was steady. Folk, it's so important that you understand that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And you guys talked about Kindness. You know, your models talk about lifting up others. If you don't understand the power of your words and the difference that it can make in encouraging one another, I want you to revisit that right now. I know you heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Words hurt And some people have been hurt right here in the church by people's words. And I want you to understand that when you lift your hand and practice, that you're making a conscious decision that I'm staying with God regardless of the support that I might not have in the church, regardless of the negative talk and the people that have dogged me and abused me and left me out. I'm still going to stay with the church because my relationship with God is more important than the church. Do not tell anyone I stopped going to church because they're not Christian folk there. You're not Christian either. Stop telling the church because I'm not going to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites and hypocrisy. We have hypocrites and hypocrisy amongst us too. You are an example of what God has done for you by giving you a sound mind and it would be a declaration of of mammoth proportions for you to turn your back on God. I don't care what the church has done to you. Don't turn your back on God. Look at Moses. Now there's nowhere in the world we talk about Moses in present day 2022. Moses was a cold-blooded murderer. I don't even know if Moses could come on this stage. I don't even know if you let Moses in your own home. He was a cold-blooded murderer. 
Let that sit in. The people we talk about in the Bible got some issues. But yet we celebrate them as if they didn't have any sin. Moses was a cold-blooded murderer. Cold-blooded. The disciples denied Christ. Hannah was praying so hard they thought she was drunk in the church, accused by the pastor Eli. Don't let people's lack of support turn you away from your relationship with God. I don't care if they called you a drunk. I don't care if you're you're a murderer, you're just as guilty as going to hell as a liar, as a robber. But despite your mistakes, and I don't know what mistakes you have made, the Bible is clear if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My brothers and sisters, as you enter into this adulthood, when you lift your hands in support, remember your mistakes so that you can support somebody else in their mistakes. Some of y'all think we, we, we adults don't have it together. Some of us were more daring than you were. But we found Jesus, and then we act like we can't talk about our mistakes. We made plenty of mistakes. We screwed up plenty of times. But the same God that saves us is the same God that's available to support you. I don't want you to get so caught up in what the church is doing and not doing in its corporate structure that you forget your number one and only priority is to have a relationship with Christ. I will look up to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. I can do all things through Christ that stresses me. Let those scriptures be a motivation to, for your support. So maybe your friends may not be around because you're scattered across your country and you might not be able to get to your parents and maybe social media is giving you a hard time. But as long as you got King Jesus, you don't need anybody else. The second step, if you're going to lift your hands up, is you have to lift your hands up in practice. But last, last, last. Lift, if you're going to lift your hands up, you got to lift your hands in praise. The Bible says in Exodus 17, 14 to 16, then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the names of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted against the throne of the Lord and the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. See, folk, the Bible tells Moses to write it down as a remembrance. And the reason why that's so important is because sometimes we forget. Well, what do you mean we forget? 
Well, we forget how good God is. We forget sometimes that God is good because he woke us up this morning. We forget that God is good because he kept us in our right mind. We forget that God is good because we have shelter over our head and clothes on our backs and food on the table. Well, you think that is common. Well, common blessings aren't always common everywhere you go. There are some people who are homeless. There are some people who are clothesless. There are some people who don't have food. Food deserts are real. Homelessness crisis is real. And you all know that because you are babies of the COVID-19 era. And sometimes every now and then, when we start groaning and moaning and complaining and barking, we have to remember what God has done for us. And see, an attitude of praise helps you remember what God has done for you. You see, the reason why he called the place Jehovah Nisi is because that's called the Lord is my banner. In other words, I stand in holy boldness declaring to you today, devil, that I will deliver my children. You can't have them, devil. You can't mess with them, devil. You can't pick on them, devil, because my children have one common belief, and that common belief is that they believe in me. I don't care what color their skin, their race, or their ethnicity, they believe in me. And see, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you are called God's child. And God said, Moses, write it down as a memorial so that the children of God will know that I'm their standard bearer. I'm the one that will deliver them. I'm the one that provided salvation. I will keep them from falling. I will come again. I want you to know that you can't have these people because these people represent the remnant church. They that believe in God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Devil, you can't have this class. This class is church starters. This class is missionaries. This class will walk in the streets. This class is not worried about being persecuted. This class is we're our world changers. Yes, this class of 2022 are world changers. And wherever they go, the testimony of the living God will be stamped in that community. Wherever they go, the practice of what Christianity is all about will be declared all around them. Wherever they go, the gospel is not something recited. But something that is practiced in spirit and in truth. You see, this class knows my name. They know that God is the standard. This class knows my name. They call me Jehovah Rapha. Rapha. The, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, the Lord that heals. This class knows my name. They call him Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. This class knows my name. He's called the Lord Shama. It doesn't matter what atrocity is going on in the world. This class knows that God is still there. This class knows that Jehovah Jireh, I will provide you with all of your deeds according to your riches and glory. This class knows that he that shall come will come and will not tarry. This class isn't about fame or fortune or five seconds of fame. This class declares and decrees through their model that they're going to lift people up because they've lifted their hands. 
But not only have they lifted their hands, they lifted their hands in prayer. They lifted their hands in practice. And they lifted their hands in giving praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they're convicted and convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that if they love Jesus more than anything, when they lift those hands in prayer, when they lift those hands in practice, when they lift those hands in praise, they're declaring that they love Jesus more than anything and they rather rock and die with Jesus than deal with any corporate misapplication of the gospel. They rather rock and die with Jesus than dealing with anyone in authority who can't speak truth to power. They rather rock and die with Jesus because they know that he is the only author and finisher of our faith. Class of 2022, lift your hands up and be proud of what God has done through you. But more importantly, continue to lift them up so that he can see you again when he comes in the clouds of glory. God bless you. God bless you. And congratulations to this class of 2022.